Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. Hey, 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 what it do, fam? What it do, fam? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am your host, Cliff Gober, and let's just get right into it, man, and start off with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for what you continue to do in our lives. We thank you for your Word that teaches us how to live and shows us how you want us to be, shows us so many things about our lives and who we are, and so many things about who you are and what our relationship should be between uh, you and us and each other. Thank you for this time, God. We know it's going to be an amazing time because it's your word that we're putting at the forefront. It's your word that we're putting up on the pedestal. It's not about me. It's about you working through me. So work through me tonight, today, God. Do what you want to do in me and through me into the lives of your people. We declare every ear that hears this podcast is anointed to hear exactly what you need them to hear. And every heart is open to receive the word and the revelation that comes through this podcast, through this episode today. We thank you and appreciate you so much. We bind every demonic spirit and force that will try to hinder your plan uh, for this podcast today. And we're just excited about what you're doing in our lives and through our lives and to the lives of other people. We honor you and we praise you. We thank you and we bless you. We declare these things to be so in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you can't tell, I'll tell you. I'm feeling kind of good right about now. Feeling kind of good. Hope you guys have had a good day uh, wherever you are and uh, whatever time you're listening to this podcast. It's been just a... A wonderful, wonderful thing uh, that I've started. And so I don't want to do a whole lot of preamble today. I want to just get right down to it. Uh, On our last episode, we started a teaching on a simple understanding of faith. We'll do a quick uh, recap and then we'll move into part two. There might be a part three. We'll see uh, depending on uh, how it goes tonight. Uh, I got a lot of notes. (laughs) And, you know, for this to be a simple understanding of faith there's a whole bunch of notes going on in this bad boy but it's all good we're going to get it all in and we're going to make it do what it do all right so last podcast again a quick review uh, we started with a biblical definition of faith we went to hebrews 11 and 1 the traditional uh, definition of faith now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen the living bible says that what is faith it's the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us, even though we cannot see it up ahead. And I use the example of of, uh, someone standing on the corner waiting for a bus. You see the bus stop, you see the sign that says this particular bus is gonna be coming uh, down the street. Now you don't see the bus, you don't hear the bus, but based on the evidence that you see, the bus stop, the sign, the proper number bus, you know at some point that bus is going to come and stop right in front of where you are, that you are not in the wrong space, that the bus is coming. Even though you can't see the bus, there's evidence all around you that the bus does exist, and at some point it's going to get from where it is to where you are. That's a nice explanation of faith, in my 
guesstimation. The Amplified Bible called faith the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see and the conviction of their reality, right? And then we use the example of hotels, plane tickets, rental cars, right? All of those things, uh, once you make your reservation, they give you a confirmation number. And that confirmation number is evidence that somewhere in that hotel, there's a room for you. Evidence that when you get to the airport, there's a boarding pass and a ticket for you to take that plane to wherever you're going to go. Evidence that when you show up at the rental car place, there's a car waiting for you. And if the car that you, the type of car you uh, uh, made a reservation for is not there, they will upgrade it based on the confirmation number. Because your confirmation number is evidence and proof that there's a car that you paid for that's waiting for you. Or a ticket that you paid for that's waiting for you at the airport. Or a hotel room that you paid for that's waiting for you at the hotel. That's a great Great uh, example of faith. Then we moved on to faith being a lifestyle. In four different places in Scripture, it says the same thing. For the just shall live by faith. And we define the just as those who have been declared righteous, declared in right standing with God. Simple boil down uh, explanation of that. Those who have made Jesus the Lord of their lives and are now born again believers, you qualify as the just. You don't have to do anything to be just other than receive what Jesus has done by faith uh, when he was up on that cross. So the just, the believer, I'll use that word, the Christian shall live by faith. Faith is a lifestyle for the believer and not just uh, something that we study. It's not a spiritual concept. It's not a Christian nickname. It's our lifestyle. There's another scripture that I did not mention. Man, I'm moving fast, aren't I? <laughs> Slow down, Cliff. Uh, that's all right. Get the podcast from the, get the last podcast. You'll get it all in nice, slower, smoother detail. Okay. <laughs> There's another scripture. I believe it's in second Corinthians. And Paul says that, um, we walk by faith and not by sight. Now that word walk in that particular scripture, uh, translates a habitual lifestyle. So again, we're back to a lifestyle of faith and not a lifestyle based on what we see or based on how we feel. At some point, I'm probably going to do a, a teaching and share some things about emotions and not living, uh, being guided by our emotions. We're not designed to be guided by our emotions. We are designed as born-again believers to be guided by our faith, our trust in God, our assurance, right? Um, that bus stop. That it's, it's a bus stop kind of lifestyle. <laughs> And you won't have to wait forever for that bus to come when you believe in God. Amen. All right. Uh, then we looked at how faith comes, the faith deposit. And Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we get the word of God and we hear it and we understand it and we receive it for ourselves, faith comes. Now, that's a faith that comes to build us up because uh, in Romans 12, Paul says that we all have been given the measure of faith. So the point of being born again, not only do we have the love of God poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, but we also have been given the measure of faith. Just like everyone who's born gets the measure of muscles. I think I used the example of biceps. Everybody has biceps. One person is really, really skinny. 
has undeveloped biceps. Somebody else looks like Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, with big old biceps. What's the difference between the two? One person has worked out their biceps and their muscles. The other person has not. All right. But both of them have been given biceps at the time of birth. So when we get born again, we have been given the muscles, the biceps of faith. And so hearing faith and hearing, hearing the word and hearing the word and hearing the word that we understand builds up our faith like working out builds up our muscles, our biceps. So as, we, as we've been given the measure of faith, we, we, we take that and then we use the word of God and the hearing of the word of God to build up our faith, to build up our trust, to build up our confidence in God. All right. Um, and then we talked about some things going on according to your faith. Um, and that, that phrase according to uh, implies something that flows from a higher place down to a lower place and um, that it flows that 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 according to your faith, that faith is the thing that allows what is in the spiritual realm, the higher place to flow down into our lives, the lower place. To go from the, from the spiritual to the natural, from above to below, according to your faith. I'm like doing stuff with my hands. Y'all can't even see me, but that's the way I get down. All right. That it flows from the higher to the lower. So faith is that avenue. It's a pipeline, as you would, uh, as you will, to take the things that are not seen in the spiritual and bring it to the scene according to my faith. And a couple of different places, um, um, Jesus was interacting with someone who uh, some blind men that needed to be healed, uh, the woman who had the issue of blood. And in both of those instances, he said, uh, according to your faith, according to your faith. And so it's not about, can God do it? God's already done it. What it's about is, can I hook up my pipeline and receive what's already been done, all right? And we stopped here at Psalm 133, verses 1 and 2, and it says, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head, running down the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. Okay, now I just alluded to this a minute ago about the woman with the issue of blood. And I, okay, we're going to put this in, uh, we'll call it the book of Cliff, okay, because I haven't heard anybody make this connection. Um, so you can take this or leave it. Uh, that's up to you. Let the Holy Spirit guide you on how to see this thing. But when I read Psalm 133 and I see the whole thing about the oil running down the beard and running down to the edge of his garments, I'm reminded of the woman with the issue of blood. So let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 20 through 22, and look at this. And maybe you guys have already made this connection. Maybe it's a connection that shouldn't be made. I don't know. I'm not getting any sense from the Holy Spirit to not share this. So um, we're just going to look at it and look at these two dots, make a connection, and see what we can see. All right? All right, Matthew 9, verse 20. We're going to read verses 20 to 22. Verse 20 says, And suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. 
For she said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. Now, I always thought, well, why did she touch the, the hem of his garment? Why did she touch the hem of his garment? And the first time I read Psalms 133, I went, huh. Now, this lady was a Jewish lady. I don't know how well-versed she was in Scripture. I don't know how well-versed she was in Old Testament uh, understanding, but she was Jewish, so she was connected to the law of Moses. She was a daughter of Abraham. I'm sure there was some knowledge that she had. And so maybe somewhere she heard or read uh, this psalm when she was a little girl and, and recognized that the oil, the anointing, as we call it, flows from the top of Aaron's head all the way down and it settles. I've heard Jewish scholars say that the oil would settle at the bottom of the garment. So I'm wondering, oh, Arsenio Hall thing, things that make you go, hmm. I'm wondering if she just believed that there was such power and anointing in the hem, because that's where the anointing is. That all she needed to do was touch the hem and release her faith. And she would receive what she needed to receive from Jesus. Because let's read the rest of it. She says, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made well. But Jesus turned around and when he saw her, he said, be of good cheer, daughter. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that hour. Now, I believe in Mark. Uh... I believe in Mark, uh, uh, he says um, there are people around. They give more of a context. There are people crowding around him, and, and she touches him, and he says, who touched me? And his boys around him was like, dude, everybody's touching you. What are you talking about? But there was a touch that the woman had, and, and we'll call it the faith touch. Something was released from her that caused something to be released from Jesus. And she received from him based on the connection, the faith touch that she made. And in, in some uh, translations, it says, so she, because she said to herself over and over again, if I can just touch it, the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. I don't think she was saying it out loud, but she was releasing her faith. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment. And she showed great courage and faith because Jewish tradition said if you had a blood issue and you were a woman, you were not supposed to be out in public. That's what the law said. And so she was stepping out. She was really stepping out on faith because, you know, she could have been stoned based on the law of Moses for being out there with a blood issue. But her faith was so strong because somewhere she heard. I would say that the, that, that the oil flows from the beard down to the edge of the garment. And that this guy has that thing that I need. And she'd gone everywhere else. She'd ran out of money. She'd been to all the doctors. She'd run out of everything. This is it. And so, I'm, I, you know, again, it's just me. I'm just wondering if she had Psalms 133 in her mind and just said, if I could just, if I can just get to that, that hymn, if I could just get to that anointing, if I can just release my faith. And I shared this one time when I was teaching on this, you know, a lot of times traditionally in church, you know, we, we cry out, touch me, Lord, touch me, Lord. Oh Lord, just a touch from you. But you know, you look at the woman here. She wasn't saying, touch me, Jesus. She was the one doing the touching. And so I believe we need to do a little switcheroo here. 
a little spiritual switcheroo. No, no, no. I'm going to touch him. I'm going to release my faith and, air quotes, touch him. And when I touch him, what is in him is going to be released in me, and I'm going to get from God what I am supposed to have. It's my faith. It's her faith that made her whole. It wasn't Jesus' power that made her whole. Obviously, he had the power, but it was her faith that released that power. I think one translation says Jesus sensed that virtue had come out of him, that virtue had been released from him. He didn't do anything. He didn't lay hands on her. He didn't even know she was there. The other people, you know, they were there. They called on Jesus and Jesus laid hands or Jesus made some mud and put it over a guy's eye or the lepers cried out to him. This lady, he didn't even know she was there. And it was her faith that she extended towards the master that released the power to heal her that very moment. That's some powerful stuff, man. That, that, in, uh, in the Psalms, oftentimes you'll, hear, you'll see the word selah. S-E-L-A-H. And that word selah means call, pause, and calmly think of this. And that's a, that's a selah moment right there. So we're going to selah. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Now, in, in some definitions of faith, one of the words that comes up is believe. And I want to look at a couple of places where believing and, and how believing has its value. So we're going to go to Mark chapter 5 and we're going to look at verses 21 through 24 now this story also exists in Luke chapter 8 but this particular version that Mark uh, shared with us uh, I think it is uh, appropriate for what we're talking about only believing this 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 importance of belief now let me do this before I get into this. We're in Mark 5, 21 20 through 24 if you're getting your Bibles or you're doing it on your phone or whatever you're doing. Let me say this. You know, believe is one of those words in my mind that's been kind of diluted and watered down, just like love, you know, um, just like faith, right? It's one of those words that's been watered down by tradition. And, and we say it'll, it'll come off the mouth of a Christian. Oh, yes, I believe. Oh, yes, I believe God. I believe God. And then our actions don't back up what we say we believe. If Here's an example. If I believe that it's 95 degrees outside, right, when I get dressed, my actions of what I'm going to put on, the clothes that I'm going to put on, are going to support what I believe to be true. If I believe it's raining outside, my actions are going to support my belief. I'm going to get an umbrella. I might have a hat, uh, put a hood on or whatever, a jacket, whatever. If I believe that it's 15 degrees below zero outside, my actions are going to back up what I believe. And those actions are probably going to be, I ain't going outside because <laughs> it's too cold. All right. So, so the things that we truly believe in, our actions will support what we believe. All right, so take that for what it's worth. All right, Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 24. Verse 21 says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, 
one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Okay, now we're going to skip down to, because right after that is when the woman with the issue of blood showed up. And Jesus did what he did for her. Um, so we're going to jump down to verse 36, Mark 5, verse 36. And we're still talking about Jairus, right? So let's do a quick review. Jairus went to Jesus and said, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. Now, there was no guessing. There was no hope. There was no maybe. Well, it was hope, but there was no maybe. There was no doubt. That's the word I'm looking for. There was no doubt in Jairus' statement. If my daughter is near death, you come and you lay your hands on her, she will be healed and she will live. Now, that's what was in Jairus' heart. How do I know? Because it came out of his mouth. And the scripture says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what Jairus speaks here is what is in his heart in abundance. Okay? Now, let's swing down to verse 36. Verse 36 says, while he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Now, Jairus has faith in his heart and in his mouth. And he makes a declaration to Jesus that if you come and lay your hands on my daughter, she will, get, she will be healed and she will live. Right? Now, he's getting a report that contradicts his faith. Oh, boy, y'all better follow me on this. He's now getting a report that says your circumstances now are going against your faith. You're speaking one thing and your circumstances are not only are they saying another thing, they're saying the opposite thing. Some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said your daughter is dead. Your daughter is dead. Jairus said to Jesus, if you lay your hands on my daughter, she will live. Now, she wasn't dead yet. But now he gets a report that says, your daughter is dead. And they say, why trouble the, ma the master any further? So what they're telling Jairus now is, your faith is too late. And you might as well release your faith. It's all over because the circumstances have changed They've gotten worse, and there's no need for you to go to Jesus and bother him anymore with this. How many times have we put our faith out there and our circumstances says that your faith is moving in the opposite direction of the circumstances? And how many times have we had people come to us and say, it's time to face reality? Yeah, yeah, I know you got that faith, and I know there's God, but, you know, uh, this is reality. This is real. Let me tell you something. Our faith is more real than any circumstance that can ever exist in our lives. Our faith in God is more real than any circumstance. 
How do I know? Watch this. Watch this. So the man comes to Jairus and says, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, the word that comes to contradict our faith can make us scared. It can scare us. It can scare us into believing that faith doesn't work. It can scare us into believing I don't have the right kind of faith or I don't have enough faith or I ain't got it. My faith is too small. All of those things can can come into our mindset when circumstances show up that 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 do battle against our faith. And Jesus understands that he said, listen, don't be afraid. Keep believing what you told me before you got the bad news. Keep believing what you said. The Amplified says, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Because on the real, when those circumstances come to contradict your faith, you can be alarmed and you can be struck with fear. And that fear will drive that faith right out of your heart. And you will go from being supernatural to mere mortal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of preaching to myself right now. (laughs) So I had to take a minute to let that sink in for me. Okay. Do not be seized with alarm and do not be struck with fear. Only keep on believing. That's what the Amplifier said. Keep on believing. Even though your circumstances now look opposite of what you're believing, keep on believing. Because Jesus is in the mix right now. You've come to the right place. You've extended your faith in the right direction. You didn't didn't have faith in yourself. You didn't have faith in the doctors. And there's nothing wrong with doctors. There's nothing wrong with medicine and medication. Don't get me wrong on that. But our faith has to be on Jesus. And what he did on that cross that makes healing available that makes prosperity available, that makes wisdom available, that makes peace in the middle of crazy circumstances available. We have to put our faith and our trust and our belief and our evidence on Him. Don't be seized with alarm. Don't be struck with fear. Just keep on believing. And what was he believing? Let's go back to what he said. Come and lay your hands on my daughter that she may be healed and she will live. That's what Jesus is telling him. What you said earlier, keep believing that. Whatever you put on your vision board, keep believing that. Whatever you've made, your declarations that you've made, keep on believing that. Whatever you said, New Year's Eve going into the, the, the new year, keep on believing that. Keep your belief out there long enough so Jesus can have the time to make that thing do what it do. The Living Bible says, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just trust me. Ooh, man. That's a word right there. Listen, listen, listen. I know it looks crazy. I know things have gotten from bad to worse for some of you. I know it looks like the thing is never going to turn around. But Jesus is saying, if you can hear him through my voice... Don't be afraid. Just trust me. Don't be afraid. Just trust me. Don't allow fear to overtake your heart. Just trust me. Go back to what you said. Go back to what you told me. Go back to what you wrote down. Go back to what you envisioned. 
Pick that vision back up again. Pick that idea back up again. Pick that ministry back up again. Pick that business back up again. And don't be afraid of circumstances that contradict what you believe. Just trust him and watch him come through for you. Okay. Boy, that was good. That was good. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, praise God. Praise God. Okay, let me do this. Uh, hmm. Mm. Man, that was good. That was good. That was good. Okay. All right, let me let's look at something now and I think we're going to Yeah. So let's let's look at this. I apologize, guys. I'm just kind of skipping through my notes here. And the Holy Spirit is kind of leading me in a different direction. So I'm glad this is not radio because radio, man, you have that dead air. That's a bad thing. But I think these spaces and pauses uh, in today's episode are a godly thing and giving you guys a chance to really digest this stuff. And so, um, you know, I get up on here, I get in front of the mic, I hit record and what comes out is just what comes out. So we don't do take twos at the Word Experience podcast where we experience the word in a fresh new way. <laughs> All right. I want to look at something that I call head belief versus heart belief. Head belief versus heart belief. Now, I mentioned earlier how people will use that word or that phrase, I believe, I believe God, yes, I believe, oh yes, I believe. And um well let's 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 just let's just look into it. Let's let's start at Isaiah chapter 29, verse 13. And uh Yeah. Yeah. Isaiah 29, verse 13. Now, what I'm about to read is something that Jesus quoted, I believe in Mark chapter 7, but don't quote me on that. Um, but I believe it's in Mark that the Pharisees were giving him some grief about something. And Jesus said, Isaiah was right what he said about you. And what he did was he quoted this scripture right here, Isaiah 29 and 13. Isaiah 29 and 13 says, Therefore the Lord said, Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Inasmuch as these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something here. And, and I'll back it up with a scripture here uh, in a few minutes. But it's almost against spiritual law for the, the mouth and the heart to not be connected. The mouth and the heart for impact to happen in the earth because God has given us authority. We are the only species on the planet that can speak words, right? Other animals can bark or growl or things of this nature, but we get the chance to speak the way God speaks, okay? And so our heart and mouth are supposed to be connected. So when we speak, just like J. Iris, we said earlier, in his heart, what was in his heart eventually came out of his mouth and there was impact. 
his faith was released. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, and faith was released. Why? Because their hearts and their mouths were connected. But here in Isaiah, God says, these people are speaking stuff out of their mouth, but their heart is far from him. That they're saying, oh God, we praise you. Oh God, we honor you. Oh God, we're glorifying you. But in their heart, they're saying, I wonder if I left the oven on. In their hearts, they're saying, mm, look at her. I can't believe she's wearing that dress. Oh, Lord, we praise you. Their hearts are not connected to what they're saying. And, and you know, when I was younger, I used to have a lot of anger towards church and church folks and things of this nature. I'm just being transparent. And as I've grown and matured in the things of God, I'm not angry anymore. But I feel like, you know, when I'm led, I got to put a spotlight on these things because we can't keep doing this. Fam, we can't keep putting out words with our mouths and our hearts are not connected because people are seeing it. I just read an article today or yesterday about why people aren't coming to church anymore. And I believe this is one of the reasons that many people are watching church folks say stuff with their mouths, but their hearts are not in it. And so here's, here's a translation from the voice. He says, these people think they can draw near to me by saying the right things. By honoring me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Their worship, check this out, their worship of me consists of man-made traditions learned by rote. It is a meaningless sham. Wow. These people think they can draw near to me by saying the right things. Man, man. How many times have we been in a time of praise and worship and you see people saying stuff or you hear people or you yourself are saying words that you learned that this is what you're supposed to say during praise and worship. Everybody lift your hand. Okay, I'm lifting my hands. Come on, clap and praise the Lord. Okay, I'm clapping and praise the Lord. No heart in it at all. Just stuff that we learn how to do. It's stuff that Mother Johnson said we're supposed to do. It's stuff that Deacon Flip Flap said we're supposed to do. And we just follow along and we're doing it thinking that this is worship. And it's not worship, not because of the mechanics, but because our hearts are, not because of the wrong mechanics, but because our heart is not attached to the mechanics. This should not be. This is what I call head belief. I believe, how many of y'all believe God? Yes, I believe God. I believe God. But your heart is not connected to that. Head belief. Now, let's look at heart belief. Let's look at heart belief. Romans chapter 10, verse 10. And I, you know, man, I'm not trying to beat anybody up and I'm not trying to, you know, criticize anyone. Listen, I, I've been there too. I've been in praise and worshiping, clapping my hands and doing some things in times past and wasn't connect. I'm checking out the lady two rows behind. Ooh, look at that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Look at that girl. Hallelujah. I've been there. I've done it. I've been there. So, so this is not about me telling you. This is about us working on this thing to get it right. As my Sunday school teacher would say, it's about us-ins up in here. I didn't fly in from heaven to get in front of the mic, drop this knowledge on y'all and get in my chariot and head on back up to the pearly gates. It ain't going down like that. I am as human as you are. And this is about, again, us 
working on understanding what this is really supposed to be about so the world can see us as the, the people of God that God wants us to be and we can walk out our destiny and we can turn this world right side up because right now it is upside down. All right? All right, Romans 10 and 10. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now this is uh, the thing that uh, Paul was writing about where salvation and getting born again is concerned. Concern. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And then it says, For with the heart one believes all the way to righteousness, right standing with God, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. The Amplified for verse 10 says, For with the heart a person believes, adheres to, trusts in, and relies on Christ. For with the heart a person believes. Not with the mouth. With the heart a person believes. Now, well, let me not get ahead of myself. Um, the voice translation says, belief begins in the heart and leads to a life that's right with God. Belief begins in the heart. Belief begins in the heart, right? And leads to a life that's right with God. Confession departs from our lips and brings eternal salvation. Now, so far we've seen the heart and the mouth spoken of but there's not yet the connection but we go to matthew 12 34 and i think i mentioned this earlier in the show we go to matthew 12 34 and jesus says for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks there's the connection so belief starts in the heart and the mouth if the heart and the mouth are connected properly and if belief is truly in the heart then what the mouth says is based on what's in the heart. What comes out of the mouth is what's, what has been deposited in the heart. Right? The Amplified says, For out of the fullness, the overflow, the superabundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then, you know, this, this translation is called the Phillips translation. It just encapsulates it for me. Here it is. A man's words depend on what fills his heart a man's words depends on what fills his heart that is heart belief that's what j iris displayed that's what the woman with the issue of blood displayed that's what the blind men displayed in the last podcast episode we did do you believe i'm able to do this jesus asked them and they said yes because it was deposited in their heart that Jesus can heal me from my blindness. It was deposited in J. Iris' heart. Jesus can heal my daughter and bring her back to life. It was deposited in the woman with the issue of blood's heart. If I touch his garment, I'm going to be made well. Those weren't just empty words that weren't connected there to their hearts. Their mouths were reflecting what was in their heart. Again, the Phillips translation of Matthew 12, 34. A man's words depend on what fills his heart. So the things that are going to have impact, the words that are going to have impact in our lives are words based on a filled heart. So if your heart is filled with faith that comes from the hearing the word of God, 
then when you speak those faith-filled words, you're going to connect with Jesus. And what is in the spiritual, according to, is going to flow from the high place to the low place in your life. But if the words that you speak are not faith-filled words, if the words that you speak are not based on what's in your heart, then those words have no impact. Now, if you have doubt in your heart and you have an overflow, a superabundance of doubt in your heart, then the words that you speak that are connected to your heart are going to release doubt or going to release fear. And now it'll be like, Job, the thing I feared the most has come upon me. We don't want that. We want to fill our hearts with faith based on the word of God that we hear over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. I got to fill my heart till it overflows. So see, this, this means I can't read a scripture one time and have enough faith necessarily to be able to deal with my situation. Maybe I can. Maybe when I read it that one time, so much faith gets deposited in my heart, that's all I need to make it work. But for many of us, because the circumstance is so crazy or the thing is so, you know, it's so beyond me, maybe I need to get that scripture and meditate on it over and over and over again. Maybe I need to get three or four scriptures and meditate on them over and over. Get them in my heart. Fill up my heart with that word. Fill up my heart with that word. So when I speak, what I speak is an overflow of my heart. That's how we release faith. And that, my friends, <laughs> is what I call heart belief. We can't be churchy about this stuff anymore, fam. We can't. We can't. There's too much at stake. There's too much at stake in the world today. There's too much at stake for your assignment, for your destiny. There's, there's a devil loose that's trying to stop you from fulfilling the will of God in your life. And we have got to be real about taking this thing from a practical perspective. I got to fill up my heart. If, I, if, if my words don't have impact, I don't have enough word in my heart. I got to fill up my heart with more faith, like going to the gas station. I got to fill up my faith tank. I got to fill up my heart tank and get enough faith in my heart so when I say and declare, this thing shall come to pass. When I say and declare, I will get that degree. When I say and declare, this business shall flourish, it's not coming from an empty or a head place. It's not coming from a place of head belief. It's coming from a place of heart belief. And when it comes from a place of heart belief, what is in the spiritual will eventually make its way to the natural. Amen? All right. Let's look at what I call a final word on faith, and then we'll finish this up, and, and uh, I'll let you go. Uh, let's go to 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. 1 John chapter 5, verses 14 through 15. Now, we're going to take this word faith. We've, we've connected it to uh, belief. Now I want to connect it to confidence. Confidence. So 1 John 5. 14 through 15, verse 14 says, Now this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked him. Look at how many times we see no. We know that if he hears us, we know that we have the petitions. 
right? This is the confidence that we have. If we ask anything according to his will. Now, simply put, the will of God is the word of God. That's first base for the will of God, the word of God. Uh, in proper context, correctly understood. I have to add that in there because some people say, well, the Bible says this, and then they go way off the deep end doing some crazy stuff. Okay. The word of God in context that you understand for yourself. That is the will of God. So when I go and pray and ask God something of God, I have confidence that I'm asking according to his will, which is his word. And if I'm doing that, I know two things. I know he hears me, one, and I know that I have whatever I asked of him, number two. Because I asked for something that he already wants me to have, right? I'm not going to ask God for something that he doesn't want me to have thinking that I'm going to get it. Then when I don't get it, you go, see, this prayer thing, this faith thing doesn't work. No, 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 no. It's almost like taking a test and you already have been given the answers to the question, right? Ask the Father what he wants you to have. Now, you got to go to the Word to find that out, right? There's a, there's a psalm that says, wealth and riches dwell in the house of the righteous. Well, I'm righteous because of Jesus and my faith in him. So wealth and riches should be in my house. So God, I thank you for the wealth and riches. Or I'm asking you for the wealth and riches to come into my house that you said I'm supposed to have. And that, that's not coming from a place of arrogance. It's coming from a place of confidence, right? This is the confidence that we have in him. When we ask him for the thing that he wants me to have, I know he hears me and I know I have it, right? The Amplified Translation says, and this is the confidence, the assurance, the privilege of boldness, which we have in him. We are sure that if we ask anything, make any request according to his will, in agreement with his own plan. See, that's, that we're asking something that's already in agreement with his plan. And he says, when we do that, he listens to and hears us. And if, since we positively know that he listens to us in whatever we ask, because it's in his plan for us, we also know with settled and absolute knowledge that we have granted, uh, we have granted, that we have granted us as our present possessions the requests made of him. All of that meaning, when I ask God for what he wants me to have, I know he hears me. And I know he's going to bring it into my life. Now, how long is that going to take? I'm going to leave that up to him. I can get it tomorrow. I can get it in six months. I can get it in a year. I can get it in five years. But I know that he heard me. And I know that I'm going to have it because it's what he wants me to have. How do I know? Because he told me. Whether he told me in his word or he told me in our time of fellowship and prayer by the Holy Spirit, I know what he wants for me, so I just ask him what he said he wants. Well, if he, well, Cliff, if, if, if he wants you to have it, why you got to ask? Because that's where the faith comes in. Our faith has to be released for the thing to come into our lives. I'm sure Jesus wanted the woman with the issue of blood healed. I'm sure he wanted Jairus' daughter to come back to life. But until they connected with him by their faith, it couldn't be released. But once it was connected by faith, once they were connected by faith, then the thing that God wanted them to have through Jesus, they were able to get. The blind men could see. Jairus' daughter could come back to life. 
the woman with the issue of blood uh, was cured of her blood disease and whatever it, whatever it is that God wants you to have. When you release your faith, your confidence in asking for what his will is for your life, you will have, as they say, many of the ministers say, you will have what you say. See, this is not about naming and claiming and blabbing and grabbing because your heart's not connected to that. We're talking about finding out the will of God for your life, filling up your heart with that will for your life, and releasing words of petition to God to, give, to bring into your life the thing that he wants you to have. And this ain't blabbing and grabbing and naming and claiming. This is none of that stuff. This is the real stuff. This is the real faith right here. All right. Okay, I guess we're doing part two because that's all I got for tonight. Tonight, today. I don't know when you're listening to it. You could be listening to this at night. You could be listening to it in the daytime. I'm still getting used to that uh, type of situation. I used to do radio and it was live. Now we're recording and it's all good. It's it's all good. I hope this blessed you tonight, man. It really blessed me. I was not planning on doing a recording today, but as I was doing my stuff, I just felt the spirit of the Lord say, nope. Right now, let's lay one down. I'm like, okay, we're going to lay it down. So I hope I'm not busting anybody's bubble. This is not live you're listening to. This is recorded. <laughs> it's a podcast, not radio. I got multiple generations of people listening to these things, and so I have to let them know. Um, many of you people, many of you guys already know it's recorded. Some people don't. So now everybody knows. All right. Business officially out in the streets. <laughs> Listen, you may be listening to this, man, and, and you may not have a relationship with God yet. Somebody told you about this podcast and you turned it on and and um, um, you heard something tonight that really, really uh, pricked your heart. Um, something is causing a stirring on the inside of you. Maybe you grew up in church, but you never made the decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Maybe you come from a different faith. And this whole thing about having a relationship with God and God speaking to you um, is new for you. Maybe you uh, got mad at God because somebody died and you decided you're going to be an atheist. And you're listening to this podcast right now. And this was a divine setup by God. Because right now, I want to give anybody and everybody listening the opportunity to have a relationship with God and make Jesus the Lord of your life. Um Jesus, God loves us. Uh, the scripture in John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He loved us. He loved you so much that he had his Son die as a sacrifice for our sins. So that by our faith in what Jesus did, that sacrifice that Jesus did, by our faith in him and what he did, we can now have a relationship with God. Makes us righteous, meaning we're in right standing with him. And um, maybe you want that. Maybe your heart's been crying out for a real relationship with God. Maybe your heart's been crying out for your life's not working. That's what happened with me. My life stopped working. I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to live. I didn't know how to do what I wanted to do. I didn't know how to do life. It just wasn't working. And, uh, and I grew up in church and I got born again in college, but it just, it, it, it just wasn't working. And so I had to make a recommitment to God and, and uh, figure out how this, this godly living was supposed to work. And man, my life has been so different 
in the past 30 some odd years. It's, it's, it's just been a wonderful change. And so I want to offer that opportunity to you. I want to give you the chance to have a new life the way God gave me the chance to have a new life. And so if you have a desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you have a desire to sincerely make a change in your life or allow God to change you, to make a commitment. And listen, getting born again doesn't mean all of a sudden now you're going to know what to do. You're, you're going to live right. Everything is going to change. It's going to be a process to renew your mind and, 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 and get the heart of God and learn the word of God and all that good stuff. But none of those things can happen till we start at first base. And first base is giving your heart to the Lord. So if that's you and you're listening, um, if you're in a, in a place where you can do it out loud, do it out loud. Repeat these words after me. If, if you're in a place where you got to do it kind of under your breath, just do it under your breath. However you do it, make sure this is coming from your heart because this is how it works. It's got to come from your heart and you got to be genuine. All right. So repeat these words after me. God, I come to you today with a genuine and sincere heart. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died to take away my sins. And I believe that he was raised from the dead. Jesus, I give my life to you. And I ask you to be my savior and my Lord. From this moment forward, all I am and all I have, I place in your hands. And wherever you lead me, I will go. Amen. All right. If you prayed that prayer, hey, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. You are now righteous, in right standing with God, with all rights and privileges that come to those who are in, in fellowship with the Lord. Now, what you want to do now, you want to find a, yourself a church, you want to pray and ask God to lead you to a church that's going to help you grow and learn and develop in the things of God. Uh, ask Him to bring people into your life that will be able to walk you through this thing. Tell somebody, hey, I was listening to this podcast and I prayed this prayer and I, I, I think I got born again, but I don't really know what that means. Can you help me? Because I'm sure somewhere in your life, somebody has come across your life that was a Christian, different, you know, uh, from you and had an impact in your life on some small way. If you can reconnect with that person, do that. Or just pray for God to bring somebody into your life that's going to help you walk through this. And watch God take you from one level to the next level to the next level to the next level. If you prayed that prayer and this is your first podcast, hey, I've got a bunch of them that I've laid out before. Listen to those podcasts, man. It's some good teaching. It's not good teaching because it's me. It's good teaching because it's the Word of God and it's the Holy Spirit leading me uh, in that teaching. Okay? So pull those up. Listen to those. And uh, find you a good Bible. Uh, with some good translations. Don't get stuck on the King James Version because you can get confused. Um, and keep listening to the Word Experience podcast where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. And uh, 
Uh, I'm sure that this will continue to bless you. Listen, fam, I got to go. I got to break out of here. This is all for me. Thank you so much again for letting me be a part of your life and uh, letting me uh, share some things with you. It's faith, baby. Faith, 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 faith. Uh, I believe our next podcast, we're going to look at something called uh, the three components of faith. And we'll finish up with that. All right. All right. All right. All right. I love you. God bless you. I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.